I am Paul Campbell, and this is the Tobin Podcast. And we've just got the confirmation that this meeting is now being recorded. And we're here again with another edition of the Tobin Podcast. But today, it's a lot better than it was earlier this morning. You know, earlier this morning, it was kind of gloomy, kind of shitty, kind of, kind of you know, not sunny. But now you're looking outside, you see sun showers. You can tell the glare from the sun is beating on my bald head. But, but, but right now, I'm with Devontae Campbell. What's up, man? Another day, another dollar. Two in one day. We love it. We got a special guest today. A lot of similarities. Let's get this show started. You 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 want you want to be clear no, about the similarities? No. Simula- no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know this this guest today. You know, similar to the other guests we had earlier today. He is somebody that I've known for a very long time. He actually saw me grow up. You know what I'm saying? He 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 taught me how to play basketball when I was younger. When I was in grade seven, grade eight. He was in grade 12, I want to say, I think, or maybe grade 11. I'm not exactly sure how old he was. But, you know, from BJCC days, um, he, he was definitely somebody that I always literally looked up to. You know, he's a former Division One basketball player. He's a current pro basketball player. This is Paul Campbell. How you doing, man? I'm good, yo. I'm good. How you guys doing? Hey, man, we're good, man. We appreciate you coming on the show and giving us some time today. Uh, but, but, Paul, I want to ask you, you know, we want to jump right into the show. We want to ask you, what does basketball mean to you? Oh, yeah. Basketball is just like, just creates opportunities, yo. Just, I don't know, for me, basketball was something that always gave me a chance to kind of uh, find myself, I guess, and help mm-hmm. me kind of uh, get out there and try to see what I could do, pretty much, yeah. Opened a lot of doors. Yeah, it's taking me all over the world now, so yeah. That means oh, yeah. A lot to me. You're 100% right about that, man. But we want to also know as well, when did you realize you love basketball and wanted to make a living from it? Because not everybody can uh, do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Not everyone no, can do that. Yeah. I'd say I was probably about 16. I had only started playing maybe three years before that, and I was mm-hmm. getting more into it. And, uh, like, my coach kind of told me, like, yo, if you take this more seriously, you could get, you could go a lot further with it if you really tried. And, yeah, it just kind of went from there, yo. That's what's up. Hey, like I was about to say before, you know, not a lot of people are able to really accomplish and be able to play at the pro basketball level. doesn't matter how tall you are, how small you are, you know what I'm saying? From people, if you really want something, you just go grind for it, and you really go keep pushing for it. Both you guys were luck- uh, lucky enough to play pro basketball, so, and you're still currently playing, um, Paul. But, you know, obviously, obviously, not, not many people can. But I want to ask you about the game of basketball. It's a national game, especially now with the Raptors winning the championship a couple years ago and it blowing up here in Canada. Do you think that will continue to grow in other countries, or will it stay stagnant? I think it's going to keep growing, to be honest with you. Like, uh, over here in Australia, basketball is, like, I've been here for five years now, mm-hmm. and it's just gone up every year I've been here. So, like, now the popularity, especially, well, the NBA is such a global game now, right? So you could be anywhere in the world, you could just watch basketball. And I mm-hmm. think for kids, kids are just gravitating to it because it's entertaining, and I think they see that they – they see stuff that they like, and they just want to try to do it themselves, right? And that's fact, and that's fact. And the one thing I want to ask you, you know, especially you say you, t- you touched up on kids just now. You said kids are trying it. They're trying to work towards it, and they gravitate to it. But you got into coaching for a bit when you came back home in between contracts. What did you find difficult about coaching? Uh, I think the biggest thing is just trying to connect with the kids on their level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like you – I think a lot of coaches sometimes try to kind of they, – they kind of have their own way of doing it. 
But you you have to be flexible with this stuff, especially with kids, yo. All right, so just trying to connect with them and making the game feel like uh, I don't know, more understandable to them. I guess you know what I mean. Hey. Fair enough. Not that's completely fair. But you know, I want to ask you though, in five minutes or less, maybe more, if you really want to elaborate, have a have a much funnier story. Can you give us a funny coaching moment or lesson that you had? A funny coaching moment or lesson that I had. Oh man, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, my bad. Yeah, you got me on the spot here. Uh, I don't know. I was coaching at my old high school at Northview, and like you know, uh, especially a lot of times with high school kids, getting them to commit to going to class and going to practice and all these things all the time. Like kids will always want to come to practice because they know mm-hmm. they're gonna play. But then when you tell them they got to go to school too, they're like, oh, well, like it's, it's a it's a balance, right? So I know I had a few kids that uh had a hard time going to school. Like, they just didn't, didn't want to be committed to it. So we tried to be consistent with them, making sure they would come. And then they would – sometimes they would say they would go and they would skip and I'm just showing up for practice. So uh, it's not really funny. I made these guys, like, I, had to, I made them uh, write lines talking about why I need to be responsible and show up to school and things like that. And it was pretty old school at the time doing it. But yeah. it's funny. I made them do that that one time. And, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they were making sure they're going to class after that. So it must have worked. <laughs> Right, that that is old school. I like it though. Yeah, so yeah, not much, not, not not overly funny, but yeah, that that I don't know. It, I think especially school system so important, you know. You want these kids to know like basketball opens opportunities and doors, but like if you don't have your, if you're not taking advantage of the the school stuff, like what happens when basketball's not going on anymore for you, right? Well, we 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 appreciate that. That's good for the kids to hear, man. There's only. You don't get school done, you're not gonna get basketball done. It just goes hand in hand again. So we appreciate that, especially coming from somebody at your level and your prestige. Now, this being a Tobin series, you know, what does Tobin basketball mean? Uh, well, uh when I think of Tobin, I think of Tony. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Tobin, uh, it's funny, like Tony reached out to me, would have been like six, seven years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, he told me he told me that uh, he he played in these leagues, and if I was interested in playing, and yeah, I, I was in between jobs, so I was just trying to hoop. And yeah, no, nah, like I love Tony, I love Tobin. I just think it's uh he creates opportunities for guys to kind of show what they could do, and just like I don't know, like that's hard to come by, especially in Toronto, things yeah. like that, right? Where guys can just play and not have to worry about stuff. Like he helps guys get in with the best trainers, gets you in the best gyms, tries to get you in the best competition in the city. So like, not nah, big ups to Tony, yo. Yeah, you kind of answered my next question, but where exactly did you co- coach Tony Me, if you do remember? Uh, I think the first time I met him was at Hoop Dome. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he, he hit me up on, I want to say, Facebook. We went back and forth a bit like that, and, yeah, I just met up with him at Hoop Dome, worked out with him a couple times, and started playing. It was, uh, then it was just history from there. Yeah, it just went from there, yo. yeah. Okay. So let me give you a little scenario here, Paul. You know, you're paying, right. you're playing in a tournament. You got four plus players, you know, Tobin guys. Who are those four players you're gonna play with? If I had to choose four guys off the top? Four Tobin guys, yeah. Uh do they have to be playing still right now or it doesn't matter? No, we could be all time. It could be all time. I know you had various guys probably throughout your career playing with Tobin. Yeah. So are... I'd say Felix will be one of my first ones. I always like playing with Felix. Uh, Jamil. Mm, i trying to think. Uh, Nabil. Nabil's my guy. Yeah, I messed with Nabil. Nabil, yeah. And, uh, more. 
And uh, Din. And Din? Ooh. Yeah. We can, we can so see yours. I'd roll, I'd roll with those five, with those four, and go from there. Yeah. Steven, we can see here, depending on the error, that there are common themes mm -hmm. throughout the um throughout the lineup. So that's interesting to see. Now, real quick, you know, give us your most memorable Tobin moment. Oh, uh, my most memorable Tobin moment. Uh I don't know. There's a few, you know, like we've all we've had a couple of good games, like a bunch of good games, good opportunities, things like that. I think one of my my funnest times with Tobin was uh when we were playing at uh at Glendon in that league over there. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it was just a fun season. We were having uh we had a good we had a good group and now I don't know, I don't know we were just killing teams and just having fun. <laughs> so so yeah, that was good. Hey, that's the norm. There you go. That's the norm for Tobin, man. But as you touched up on even the five you have, you know, you got you coming from the Toronto area, you got Jamil coming from the Scarborough area. You got Dinjil coming from the York region area. You got Nabil. I'm almost mistaken. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think he's from Eastside as well. Uh, you, you picked Felix as well. That's, that's uh, a Toronto man too. So you got a bunch of West, East, North guys. If there was a game, a region, a battle of the region. <laughs> if there was a battle of a region and you were on, let's say for the sake of this right now, you were on Team Toronto. You got the York Region team. You got the, the, the Rexdale team. You got a Jungle team. You got whatever, whatever. But we're going to put you on Team Toronto. Kind of like, the, you know, those, those anti-beast tournaments back in the day. That's probably what they're called. But yeah, like, you, right? yeah, I got you. Yeah, citywide. Citywide. Just like, something like a citywide tournament. Who do you think is coming away with the championship? Matter of fact, I got, I got, I got, I got two parts. I got two parts. First one, you're not playing. Second one, you are playing. Okay. Oh, if, I, if I'm not playing... I'd probably go with Jungle. I, I grew up in the, I grew up right down the street from Jungle, yo. So like, I know a lot of those guys from over there. I know those guys, how hard those guys play, how bad they want it. So yeah, I, I would go with those guys off the deck, probably if I had to choose a group straight away. Mm -hmm. But uh, if I'm playing, I'm going with I'm going with Team Toronto. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm thinking I'm winning. So <laughs> remember, there's still there's still Brampton, there's still Mississauga, there's still Scarborough, there's still say like we're talking the whole, the whole city. I, I, I feel you, but you ask, me if I, you ask me if I'm playing. I'm, I'm not going in thinking I'm losing, so yeah, nah. No, okay, okay, okay. We, we, we had somebody ask us earlier today, to like, uh, who has the most NBA players? And we said Mitsaga, and he's like, well, I guess I'm going to rock with those guys then. Because, you well, know, like, they, everybody's logic is different. Everyone's logic is yeah, different, so right. interesting. I get interesting. it. Now, I, got, I, have, I have another question, question for you. It's a quick question for you before we move on to your university uh, career. Where would you position yourself as a big man or a stretch four in the city of Toronto? Where would I position myself? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, in, like, the rankings, you say? In, in the rankings for your age group or players that are still playing? In my age group, I don't know. When I think about guys my age that are still playing, it's not really a lot still playing. You okay. know what I mean? So, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty high up there, to be honest with you. Yeah. I agree. I, no, I agree. I just want to see where you, where you put yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, what? Yeah. I, I, to me, I like I've never really been a big guy on like on rankings because like especially growing up like I didn't I started playing late so like all these guys that were being all stars in high school I was watching like oh yeah that'd be cool but I'm just trying to I was just trying to get my feet wet you know and try to get in there and uh, yeah get make the most of my opportunity so yeah well you definitely made the most of your opportunity man because out of out of high school you you chose to go to Hawaii University one of the first players in your age group or your your era to go to Division One. Why did you choose Hawaii? Why did you choose Hawaii? Oh well, like a lot of people don't know, I went to junior college for you. 
before Hawaii. Okay. Okay, yeah, okay. so like I was at JUCO in Arkansas, and I at first I was gonna go to to Winthrop University. I committed, and I had signed. Mm. And uh, the coach at the time was Greg Marshall. He was coaching. He coaches at uh, Wichita State now. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Or nah, he was at. Wichita. I'm not sure if he's still there now. I don't yeah, think he's still there. Yeah, but he was the coach at uh, at Winthrop, and he left. And I met the new coach, and I I didn't really. He wanted me to redshirt and sit out a year, oh. and I wa- I wanted to play. So I kind of just opened up my my stuff again, and I visited Hawaii. It kind of just went from there. Like, go to Hawaii. I don't know. My parents are Jamaican, so like going over there and sure. in the warm weather, stuff like that, it just it felt easy. To be honest with you, and yeah, it seemed like a good situation team wise as well. That's completely fair. But I, I now that now that we know you went JUCO, both Devante and myself went JUCO as well. So you're a JUCO product. Give us give us your quick take on, on uh, the, the perspectives that people have on JUCO and your perspective, you know, either going in and, and afterwards? Uh, I think a lot of people look at JUCO like it's a step down sometimes. And I think it's the furthest thing from that, to be honest with you. Like, a lot of guys that go JUCO, it's just something, there could have been different bumps along the road that just affected their opportunity. You know what I mean? So, like, to me, I went to JUCO and I was playing with four guys that, like, four guys in the starting lineup, all of them were Division One players. Right, it's just, it's just they were just, we all were just at JUCO at the time, mm-hmm. and I, the thing I loved about JUCO is that everyone had a chip on their shoulder. Everyone felt like we shouldn't be here, so we're trying to get out of here, and we're gonna show everyone what we could do to get out of here, kind of thing. So yeah, no, it was cool. I love JUCO. Now, you, when you transferred to Hawaii, and, and you were, you went there as a junior or a sophomore? As a sophomore, I only did one year at JUCO. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. So you 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 go to Hawaii as, as a sophomore. What were your expectations? Going into Hawaii that year? I wanted to start, to be honest with you. Like, I, we had five seniors that year, or mm-hmm. five or six, and I wanted to start. I only ended up playing, like, maybe, like, I don't know, five minutes a game that first year. So I, that was frustrating coming from you're playing 30 minutes a game at Juco, and then you come over here and you're watching, right? So that was mm-hmm. that was a bit of adjustment for me mentally, just trying to stay focused and uh, upbeat. But, like, we had uh, real good coaches around us at our school, like uh, Larry Farmer. He used to coach at UCLA. Aron mm. uh, Ganat, he's the head coach of Hawaii now. So, like, guys like that just kind of helped me keep my uh, my head in the right place and stay focused. And, like, new one, like, opportunity will come up. But you ever, never really know what could happen. So, yeah, mm-hmm. just – I stayed ready. And, yeah, it worked out fine. So, and I love I love that word, man, staying ready. Because even people like Jeremy Lin, you know, Jeremy Lin was about to get cut right before. We all know the story about Lin's sanity from there. So even people like like we when we hear from on the podcast, they 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 stayed ready. They had a great season. You know, they're able to get back back into shape and they're able to start cooking again. That is what people need to start hearing, bro. So shout out to you for staying ready, and never giving up. But I want to ask you though, other than you know, other than your minute, what was the difference of JUCO and university? I think just the the workload school. I think like the school wise workload was a bit different, like. Like, don't get me wrong, Juco, I had some classes that were tough, but, like, I went from taking, like, basic stuff to going to Hawaii and having, like, calculus, accounting. (laughs) And, like, it was just (laughs) wrapping your head around all that stuff, and then you have to go to class, you have to go to practice. We got weights, 7 a.m., 6.30 in the morning, right? It's, like, it's a a full-time job. I think guys kind of look at it sometimes, like, it's real glamorous. And, like, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of fun stuff to it, but it's a grind as well, yo. You got to come ready to work, bro, so you're not going to be doing much. No, for sure. For sure. Let me know what was your favorite Hawaii moment, Hawaii basketball moment? 
Uh, my favorite Hawaii basketball moment was uh, it's probably when we played. Uh, I got two. I got two. My first one was probably when we played Illinois mm. at our place. They were ranked that year, so we we end up beating them at our place in a close game. And I remember, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, the coach at the time. Uh, I just remember how mad he was because he taught we played them the <laughs> year before. And he talked so much garbage when we, when we uh, lost to them at their place. Mm. So our coach kind of took that personally when they came back to our place. So to beat them and kind of see him being real smug and not saying anything felt real satisfying for our group. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, 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 I was like cool. that. And, uh, yeah. and then uh, probably uh, my next one would be when we played uh, College of Charleston. We played them on okay. ESPN. And yeah, we just had, we had a real good game. I think we beat them by double digits. I had a good game. And, yeah, no, it was just real nice, yo. Give us a moment, basketball or non-basketball, that you wish never happened at Hawaii. At Hawaii that I wish never happened? Like, why, why, during your time at Hawaii, give us a moment that you wish never happened. Uh, I, you know what, y'all? I'm, I'm not really big on, like, wishing for things not to happen. You know what I mean? Because, like, all the experiences kind of shape me shaped where I got to now, you know what I mean? So there were, at the time, there was things where I was like, oh, okay, like, I wish this wasn't happening. But when I reflect on it later, I'm like, I'm glad it happened because it kind of made me the person I am now, and I'm happy who I am now. So, like, yeah, there's not really anything where I'm just like, yeah, I didn't want it to happen, to be honest with Fair you. Enough. Fair enough. I thought maybe one of those, like, like a story or something that you like, damn, I, I missed, not missed, but I went out the night before, you know what I'm saying? I went out the night before, I had to have a 6 a.m. practice, couldn't run the yeah, practice uh, or whatever. <laughs> uh, no, I... I got one for you then. Uh, it was more of a game situation. We were playing uh, University of Nevada, and they were like a big conference rival. And we were, I feel like we were down one, right, with like maybe like eight seconds left. And like this is a game for us where it's like if we win the game, we're like top four in the standings for the, the conference. Mm -hmm. So it gives us just a better, a better seating going into the conference tournament. You know what I mean? And uh, they had a real good guard at the time. What was his name? Armand Johnson. Right. And yeah, he drove to the lane and I'd he missed the shot. We came down the court, had a chance to win. Our guy shot it and I had a chance to tip it in to win the game and I missed. So that always bugged me. That would have oh. been the one right there, probably. Yeah. So that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Well, after after your three years at Hawaii, you know, what are some things that you could take away that made you a better person? You touched up an earlier saying that you don't really like to look at the negatives. So what are some things you could share with us, you know, that Hawaii and being away from home and all that taught you? Ah, uh, just helped me grow, yo. Like, you kind of, you get used to people, like, doing things for you when you're when you're a teenager. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, you're, like, your mom will cook your meals sometimes, right? Your your parents help you with your laundries. You, like, you, you, you get comfortable when you're at home. So, like, going away to Hawaii and being on my own, like, I had to learn to cook. I had to learn to, like, I don't know. I didn't even have my license when I went to school. You, like, you grow up in the city, you're taking the bus everywhere, right? So, like, I'm going over there, and public transportation is not, like, public transportation in Toronto. Mm -hmm. So, like, figuring out how to drive, all these little things like that. So, it was, it was an adjustment, you know, for sure. Yeah. No, that's so true. But um, you're currently playing in Australia. Which part of Australia are you in? I'm in Tasmania. So, it's okay. like, uh, I don't know if you guys know where Tasmania is. Like, Australia, we got, like, the mainland of Australia. And then Tasmania is an island yeah. beneath, beneath yeah, the rest of Australia, pretty much. Um, how far is that from uh, Sydney? Isn't that on the other side? No, nah, so that. Tasmania, it'd be like, it's below it. So it'd be like maybe a two-hour flight, I want to mm -hmm. say. 
Okay. Yeah, so not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, I had some I had three Australians on my team when I was at Albany. So that's always interesting. But they they're all over. But um, yeah. you know, where else have you been uh, where else have you uh, played pro basketball besides um Australia? Well like I, I played in uh in Canada, in the NBL Canada, back when uh they had Oshawa Power. Okay. I played for them. Yeah. yeah. Uh I played for like I did a bunch of random tours, like went to China. Uh, went to France, went to Guatemala. Okay. Uh, I played in Kosovo for two months, but I didn't get paid, so I don't really count that one. Mm. Uh, and then I'm trying to, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much in the end in Australia. Yeah. Okay. With all that being said, you know, give us the trials and tribulations of becoming a pro. Okay. Well, like, I don't know. I, th I think it kind of comes back to like the same as I was saying before with the, the university stuff, like, it seems real glamorous when you're signing contracts and you're taking pictures and, like, that team stuff. But, like, it's it's a grind, yo. Like, even when I was playing for uh, Oshawa Power, I was living in Toronto. And I was, uh, like, a local player. So they had their American guys that were living over there. And I was taking a go bus to Oshawa every morning at, like, 6 a.m. <laughs> I did that for, what, half a year? Right? So I would do that every day. Yeah, pretty much every day. Yeah, for practices and games and all that stuff like that. And, like, I don't know. I just wanted to hoop. So I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to make the most of it and just do what I can so I can get my name out there. Well, it looks like it paid off in the end. But, you know, speaking of, you know, the of that kind of concept, other than money, you know, what do you think athletes stress about the most being a pro? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I think just make, looking after their bodies, you know what I mean? And I don't know, I, I think as an athlete too, like, obviously you guys want to play. You guys want to, you know, like, get the most opportunities for themselves because everyone wants to showcase their talents, right? Like, yeah. this is what guys work for, right? So I think that would probably be something that would stress guys a lot. Like, am I going to play a lot tonight? Like, if I play bad, how is that going to affect my situation, right? Because, like, confidence can go up and down when you're playing, right? So, like, you want to keep yourself in a good mind frame to just kind of do your thing. No, that's bad. I like, I like the way you put that together. That's good for people to hear. So how many years... Do you think you'll be be able to play at a competitive level now? You know, you're st you're you're at a stagnant level right now. You're at a very solidified level. How many years do you think this will go on for? Speak it into existence. What I'm trying to ask. Right, I got you. Uh, it's it's funny, right? Because like, be honest, my body feels really good. Like I broke my foot last year, and that was like pretty frustrating. But my season got canceled because of COVID. Uh -oh. So it, it it gave me a chance. Yeah, exactly. So it kind of worked out for me. So I. I just took the year to kind of make sure my body was in a really good place and like I was good mentally and now yeah, I'm, I'm having a good year and like our team is top of the ladder in uh, the league over here in Australia. So no, it's, it's just really fun, you know, just, I don't know, maybe three, I think I could at least get four more years, to be honest with you, three, four more years, the way my body feels right now, just staying consistent with my routine, you know, and yeah, then eating well, things like that. And I think I'll be fine. Okay. Before we... Sorry, sorry, Devo, but uh, Paul, I got one question for you before before we do conclude. Um, but you touched up on it a second ago saying that, you know, you broke your foot and then the season was postponed due to COVID. I know that in Australia, the timelines of the weather is different. So right now, I think it is winter time for you guys or getting to winter yes. time, if I'm not mistaken. It's winter right now. Yeah. So technically, when are you guys be going to season right now? Say again? When are you guys be going into season right now or, do, or does, it, does it matter when you guys, you guys play all year round? Yeah, so, like, our season started in the, I'd want to say, like, the end, the beginning of fall, like, the tail end of summer, beginning of fall. So, like, we we played 10 games. Like, 
it's funny, like over here, because I play in two leagues, yo. So like I play in NBL one, and that's like the national league for our uh Australia. It's like NBL's it's like NBL's G League, essentially. Mm. So I play in NBL one and then I play in the the Tasmanian League as well. Okay. So that one that one started the Tasmanian League started back in February and then NBL one started in April. The the the, the, re- the reason why I'm asking is because I was I'm curious. Uh, we I don't we never asked any of our guests this question. When you were still out in Australia, were you, and because of COVID, were you still getting paid during that time, or did they shut everything down completely? Oh, so oh, so okay. No, that is a good question. So like, the thing was, I broke my foot, so I wasn't even playing. So like, over here, oh. I get, I get, I get paid game to game over here. Oh shoot! Yeah, so it's a it's a game thing over here because I'm also because I'm a local now. So locals get paid on a game-to-game basis, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I was getting paid game-to-game. So, like, once I saw – once I got hurt, it was like, yeah, like, what can we do kind of thing, right? That's but, like, crazy. I work. Like, uh, I got my – like, I have my own business. I have a training company over here. And I work with uh with special need kids at a, high, a local high school as well. So, I'm not, I'm not tripping. Yeah. Hey, he got it. He, it's not like he got it figured out. We need to <laughs> learn from him. It's not like he got it figured out. But – um. Paul, we always like to conclude our show with a game called In a Perfect World, right? So I'm going to put you through a scenario here, and you're basically just going to fill in the blanks. Don't mind me, Stephen, on our phones during this session. We like to put money on the line right now, depending on how you answer. Don't feel convicted. You answer how (laughs) you want to answer. I got you. All right. Let's do it. So you're back in high school. Uh, Remind me, correct me again if I'm wrong. You do your four years at Northview. Yeah, Northview, yeah. Yep, at Northview, you do what you got to do. You're a five-star recruit. You have every school in the country. Obviously, you cannot pick Hawaii. Which school would you go to? And give us a little spiel why. No, that's uh, not picking that. All right. Uh, it's up. funny. Like, when I was in high school, my dream school to go to was Michigan State. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 I would have wanted – like, I, I just loved how hard they played. I think I loved just the energy of the team. Tom Izzo – I feel like playing for a guy like that, you'd want to just run through a wall for him and just just play as hard as you could, kind of thing. So yeah, no, I was I was real big on Michigan State. I, I was close to home too, so I was like, my parents could come. Yeah. Okay, so you have Izzo. You commit. You are a Spartan, right? You're at the end of the season. You're all Big Ten freshman team. We'll even give you Rookie of the Year, right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> in the Big Ten, I don't even know if that's an award for rookies, but you're on first team All Big Ten. You're on freshman. First team, there it is. There you go. And then yeah. uh, uh, you guys go to March Madness. Essentially, you do what you got to do. You're now mm-hmm. in the top selection of lottery picks. You're going to be one of the first 14 guys. And you know how it works. You can't yeah. pick um, where you want to go in the lottery, but you definitely could verbally, I uh, like this facility, this, you know, you could verbally go up and down the channels depending on how you answer. Which um, NBA team would you go to? Uh, if I could just choose the NBA team off the top, eh? Uh, that's a good question. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm not sure, you know, to be honest with you. If I, I guess if I just had to choose off the top. Back then, I was a big uh, Kevin Garnett fan, you know? So if I could have went to Boston and learned from him, that would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. Okay, so you, you you stay in green. I see Hawaii. I see Michigan State. Now, okay, we stay in green and white. I like it. All right? But I was a big kid. That's the Correct me if I'm wrong, Steve. That's your favorite player, no? Yeah, my KG. Favorite player. Yeah. All right, there you that's, go. All right. That's mine, too. Right. That's the guy, yo. So I'm seeing Anything awesome. is possible! <laughs> there you go. So, you're at Boston, 
right? And in this perfect world, you finish your rookie contract, you are now the franchise player, right? Forget Tatum, forget Brown. Definitely forget Walker after today. (laughs) Forget Walker. Forget Walker after today. So um, you're you're that franchise player now. And I think Boston's actually decent with taxes, right? You have the ability to pick two players in the NBA to lure them over to be a Celtics. Here's the rules. The first player has to be a rookie or a sophomore, so first or second year, and the other player has to be third and above. Who are those two players that you would like to play with you? Not necessarily complement your game, but you are in this lineup, right? Not just players you like to watch. They're going to complement your game. You want to win a championship. Oh... Oh yes, Steven has. That's what I think. This is this is a hard. This you guys are just throwing out the the, the questions. Yeah, that's a hard one. Uh, in a perfect world. Yeah, no, I feel you. In a perfect world. Uh, if I'm thinking, I'd have to get a good point guard. So if I'm if I'm thinking point guards like, uh, D, Damian Lillard would probably be, would probably be the point guard I would take. Like, cause just his shot creating ability. How you how he gets he's still a great passer things like that so yeah, I would go with him, and then you said a, a guy that's a a rookie, first or second sophomore first or second. You know, uh, he's picking damn he's picking the other guy. Is 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 Shea is Shea first or second year? He's second year. Is Shea no. second year. He's third year. He's third year. He's third year. He's third year now. I probably I probably go with uh with Nah. To be honest with you, I like his game a lot. Wow. That's only our second. If I had to choose a second-year guy, I just I've I've watched him. I remember seeing him play when he was a, like a, a young guy, because he's my yep. like you guys know Karan and Din, like that's their cousin, right? Yeah. Yep. So like I remember seeing him back in the day when he was a kid, and then to see where he's at now. Ah, yeah, that's a no-brainer. I go with him. Hey, hey Paul, stop. sorry to cut you off, but you brought him up just now. I was telling Devonte when, when we had Din Joe on the show, we were telling Devonte about about how nice Q used to be back in the day, bro. Ah, Karan was <laughs> Karan was the man. I don't think a lot of people realize how nice Cran was. Like, I, if, 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 if I feel like if this guy's grades had been on point, he would have been a Division One player easily. He was, he, he was a bucket. And he was doing this. I remember he was on the, the senior team in high school in grade nine. <laughs> like, yeah, nah, that was, that's a, yeah, Cran was nice. He's, he's, he's still nice. Like, <laughs> you know what I, said I guarantee you right now, if you were to lace up the shoes and say, yo, we're going to go hoop. He's still gonna give buckets, bro. Still gonna he's, give buckets. He's, still, he's. I know. I know. If, I haven't seen Karam play for at least a few years, and I know he still has that turnaround jumper. So yeah, <laughs> that's 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 easy money for him. Shout out Karam, man. Shout out Karam. But but hey, Paul, we asked all of our guests this question to finish off the show, and we want to ask you as well: Who is someone that you'd like to see on Talk Your Exposure? But here's the kicker, though: you have to get help us get them on, excluding Tobin members. We we have all that lined up. If I had to just any like any 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 basketball player off the top any basketball any basketball player you can help us get or anybody uh, or anybody that you that you think would be good for the show. Uh, uh you got you guys know uh Jason Hannibal. You had him on the show already. You had, you had oh you had him on already. Oh, okay, yeah, now that's my guy. I like Jason. Uh I'm trying to think who else. Rob Nortman, you had him on there too. No, nah, so Rob Rob's an interesting guy because he he went the whole CIS route. He played he's played pro in Germany. He's bounced, he's been all over the world really a little bit with the basketball stuff. He still he only just finished playing pro in Germany maybe a few months ago. He just had a baby. Yeah, nah, okay, good guy. Okay. Yeah, 
So yeah, I, he'd be a good guy to talk to just about just resilience. Cause he's another guy where I know he wasn't like a highly recruited guy out of high school and he just grinded and he's on, he's made a career out of it and he's still hooping. So I got a lot of respect for Rob. Oh, we, we like hearing stories like that on the show, Max, because we like to hear people, you know, grind from the mud and, and, and make their money for, you know, when it was nice and dry. So definitely somebody that we like to talk to. And if you can hook, hook that up for us, bro, we definitely appreciate that. Hey, Paul, hey, bro. Hey, Paul we want to ask you, where can we find you on social media? Uh, I'm not a huge social media person, but I'm on, I'm on Instagram. So uh, I am PC87. I'm on there. Uh, check out Northwest Thunder on Instagram. We're still hooping. We're, we're, we're number one in, in, in the league, in our league right now. So we're just trying to keep it going. We, we feel real good about our team this year. So, yeah, check, check out North, Northwest Thunder on Instagram for sure. There we, there we go. We'll definitely give Northwest, Northwest Thunder a, excuse me, a follow on our Instagram page. But, hey, Paul, we want, we want to thank you again for your time. And we, just were, we want to remind everybody that's listening to this show right now, make sure you guys go and subscribe to RWI Basketball on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button, turn on your notifications. Also, subscribe to us under Talk Your Exposure on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcast on all social media streams. These are episodes you guys do not want to miss. The Topa series has been a very, very, very fun series for myself included. I know Devontae's been wearing the jersey. Uh, out of the 15 episodes that we've had, he's worn it 14 times. So, you know, shout out to Devontae for, for Sorry, for Angel. Sorry. <laughs> shout out to Devontae for the Tobin series, even though he just beat them this past weekend at the, at the All the Smoke uh, tournament. But one more time again, if anybody or if you guys listen to this episode, please make sure you guys check us out. Turn on your notifications, turn on, uh, subscribe to our channels. And of course, if you feel the need, if you feel a little needy, feeling a little giving, give a little donation. You guys can go check us out on, on, the, on the Talk Your Exposure on the Instagram page in our link tree for all of that information as well. Paul, one more time, man. We already stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you very much for your time. Go keep killing, keep that number one spot, win a championship, and bring that shit back home to Canada, man. Appreciate it, yo. Thanks again for having me, yo. I love what you guys are doing. Thank you, man.